Welcome to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for Thursday, October 3rd, 2019. Jay Zawoski with you here on Locked On Blackhawks on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Tons to get to today in Blackhawks land. But before we get to that, I want to tell you guys how to get in touch with me. Follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. You can send me an email, LockedOnBlackhawks at gmail.com. And leave us a voicemail, 708-653-0572-708-653-0572. The plan is to do a mailbag, voicemail bag show on Monday. So get those messages in so your question can be featured on the show. I know there'll be a lot more questions after Friday's first game. Feel free to follow my personal account as well. It's at jayzawaski670. That's jay Z-A-W-A-S-K-I-670. And check out my other Blackhawks podcast, the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Follow that account on Twitter, at MadhousePod. Let's start with the news out of practice on Wednesday morning. A lot of things to discuss that were on Tuesday, not the story, oddly enough. We saw the roster was finalized on Tuesday. We talked about the, the plan, the lineup, and all of a sudden, Jeremy Cowton speaks on Wednesday and Calvin DeHaan speaks on Wednesday and we're not sure if DeHaan's going to play. Dennis Gilbert, despite being sent to Rockford, technically is still in Europe with the team. So if they needed him on Friday, he could be the call up and play and place of Calvin DeHaan. Just some weird messaging going on uh, throughout practice today. So we'll get to that for sure. We're also going to preview the Central Division. We're going to continue those previews with Owen Newkirk from Dallas Stars Radio, the ticket in Dallas. We'll talk about the Stars, who are, as the season approaches, I'm starting to talk myself in to the Dallas Stars as potential Central Division champions. You look at that roster, you look at the goalies, um, you know, the D is, is pretty solid, even though they don't have any huge names on there. The Dallas Stars could really make some noise in the Western Conference and especially the Central Division. So we'll get to that preview with Owen Newkirk as well. And Bovada sent out some odds on players and teams for the upcoming NHL season. I want to tell you where the Blackhawks stand, uh, where their players stand, and where the team predictions are. So we'll get to those as well. But now let's get to the big story of the day. Calvin DeHaan met the media outside of camp on Wednesday. Calvin DeHaan met the media outside of practice on Wednesday and was uh, told how he's on the opening day roster that was released on Tuesday. And uh, he seemed a bit surprised. Calvin DeHaan said, I guess you guys know more than I do. I don't think that's the plan as of right now, as far as it goes with him playing on Friday. Then Jeremy Calton was asked, and he says, the plan for him doesn't change, just try to stay ready, and then we'll tell him if he's playing or not. So it's a bit strange. The Blackhawks released a roster on Tuesday night, their time in Prague. It was 4 o'clock Chicago time on Tuesday when it came out, and Calvin DeHaan's there. They only have six defensemen on the opening day roster. One of them is Calvin DeHaan. So, all of the reaction we had yesterday on Lockdown Blackhawks was that Calvin DeHaan was in. He's going to play. DeHaan's asked about it today and doesn't know. The story doesn't seem to make sense to him. It's not what he was expecting. And then Jeremy Calton plays coy with it as well and says, well, if he's ready, he's going to play. We'll tell him if he's going to play. Later in the press conference with DeHaan, he said that it was kind of a grind getting through the first practice in Prague. And that if he had to get through an NHL game, he could, but it probably wouldn't be ideal. Well, then he shouldn't play. 
And I guess the good news is for the Blackhawks that Dennis Gilbert, despite being, like I said earlier, technically sent down to Rockford, he is still with the team in Prague. So if they wanted to call him up for Friday's game, they could do that. Now, the reality of this thing is that by having 21 men on the roster from Tuesday until Friday, and then they make a call up on Friday, it saves them some money off the cap. They're not as strapped as they typically are cap-wise, but it never hurts to get ahead of it a little bit. So like we pointed out on Wednesday's show, that roster was only 21 players. You're allowed to have 23 on your active roster. I guess by naming only 21, those are the guys on the books for the salary cap. So maybe Vadine and Gilbert, who are the last two guys sent down, will actually be called up on Friday and be part of the team. That's sort of, if you're reading the tea leaves a little bit, that's probably the situation. That's probably what's going on. Look, I'm excited for Calvin DeHaan to play for the Blackhawks. I think he's going to be a really, really solid and important piece of the team this year. And with that in mind, give him an extra week. If he's has any doubt about his ability to play on Friday, he shouldn't play. And I think the Blackhawks are approaching it with that mindset. Jeremy Calton's comments today were sort of with a smirk that knowing smirk that Jeremy, it's kind of become Jeremy Calton's trademark. And by the way, that's a smirk that my wife just can't seem to resist. My wife is very much in love with Jeremy Calton. It's a little weird because we're older than him. Eh, whatever. You know, whatever floats your boat. It's not like I don't have a, a young celebrity crush, right? That's younger than me. Everyone's younger than me. I'm 41. So anyway, side note, my wife has a crush on Jeremy Calton. Now, you know, good information for you to have on the Locked On Blackhawks podcast. But yeah, if DeHaan is not ready to go, he shouldn't go. He shouldn't play. It doesn't make sense. A guy who's that important to the team, you'd rather have him wait a game or two. The Hawks don't play again until a week from today. So that's plenty of time. Hopefully, by then, we'll have some clarity on what's going on with Kirby Doc as well. The other little bit of news, Connor Murphy who was on, will start the season on IR, is definitely out Friday. Not a huge surprise, but it was made 100% official. And the Rockford Ice Hogs have a new captain. Christopher Stieg, Blackhawks legend, Christopher Stieg, has been named the captain of the Rockford Ice Hogs. And look, you've got some young players down there that you think are important. Christopher Stieg has a little bit of gas left in the tank. As long as he doesn't become a call-up, that keeps someone like Anton Vadin or Alexei Sorella or somebody young and important to the future out of the lineup, I have no problem with it. I don't mind having him in the organization. It obviously looks like when he retires, he'll have some sort of role with the organization. That's what the Blackhawks like to do. They did it with Chris Kunitz this offseason. They've done it with Brian Campbell. They've done it with Adam Burrish. These guys, uh, Jamal Mayers, these guys tend to find jobs in the organization, and I guarantee you, uh, if Christopher Sieg doesn't already know that's going to happen, he definitely has his eye on that happening down the road whenever he's done to hang up the skates finally. I'm sure we have some betters listening to Lockdown Blackhawks on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Well, guess what? I have some fresh NHL odds for you. If you're getting ready to place your bets 
on the 2019-2020 regular season. Here's what I have from Bovada. These odds came out on Tuesday afternoon. So let's start with Stanley Cup favorites. The favorite to win the Stanley Cup is the Tampa Bay Lightning at 6-1. Toronto and Vegas behind them at 12-1. Boston 14-1. And the first team mentioned in the Western Conference is the Colorado Avalanche at 14-1. Rounding out the Central. St. Louis 12 to 1, Winnipeg 16 to 1, Dallas 18 to 1, Nashville 20 to 1, Chicago and Minnesota 33 to 1. To win the Western Conference, Colorado is the favorite at 6 to 1. I'll go through the divisional odds here. The Central Division contenders, I'm not going to go through the whole conference. St. Louis 7 to 1, Winnipeg 8 to 1, Dallas 9 to 1, Nashville 9 to 1, and Chicago and Minnesota 16 to 1. And to win the Central, of course, the Avalanche are the favorite at 3 to 1, Dallas second and St. Louis tied both four to one. Nashville and Winnipeg nine to two. The Hawks are eight to one. Minnesota is sixteen to one. The prediction for overall points: the Blackhawks over under is ninety and a half. Now let's get to some player numbers here as well. Patrick Kane has twenty-two to one odds to win the Hart Trophy. That's the league MVP. Eighteen to one odds to win the overall scoring title. That's the Art Ross Trophy. Coach of the Year, the Jack Adams Award. Who do you think the favorite is? I'll give you some time to think about it. Yep, it's Joel Quenville, new head coach of the Florida Panthers. He is a 6-1 to favorite to win Coach of the Year. Jeremy Cowton falling in at 28-1. to couple other Blackhawk player point totals I found of interest. Alex Debrinkit, 74.5 points. That's the over-under for him. Jonathan Taves, 66.5 points. That is a very tempting bet. He had a really good offensive season last year, and I think he is going to drop off a little bit. I don't think he's going to drop that far. 66.5 points is a tempting bet if you're a better and you're a Blackhawks fan. So keep that one on your mind for Jonathan Taves. Patrick Kane, who had 110 points last year, comes in at 92.5 points. Now, interesting to see how little respect the league has for the Blackhawks, and it's understandable. You know, you look from a distance – at how they finished last year, the terrible losing streak they had shortly into Jeremy Cowton's uh, tenure as head coach. Things didn't look good on paper. The defense was terrible. The goaltending was terrible. And aside from really, really great offensive years from Kane, Taves, Debrinkit, and to a lesser extent, Dylan Strom, there wasn't really much to write home about. But I think some of these bets are a little bit naive. And call me a homer if you want. But I think the Hawks are going to be a pretty decent team this year. I think they're a playoff team for sure. You added Robin Leonard in goal, who's coming off a Vezina-level season. He probably won't duplicate those numbers next year. That's probably not fair to expect. But he doesn't need to. All he needs to do is be a reliable backup. And he's fully capable of doing that. Corey Crawford entering the season healthy. Obviously, injuries will always be a concern for him. But now you've got this insurance policy and Robin Leonard. If one of those guys gets hurt, you have a third goalie who you trust in Colin Delia. And beyond that, Kevin Lankinen, your fourth string goalie, has shown pretty well here in his recent play internationally. So you've got some goaltending depth all of a sudden. You've got another year of development for Alex Debrinkit. You're adding Dominic Kubalik to the lineup, and he looks like he's going to provide some instant offense. Andrew Shaw's coming off a career year despite suffering some injuries 
throughout the course of the season. And look, when you have Andrew Shaw, you're going to count on injuries. That's just kind of the way he plays. His game lends itself to getting hurt. But you can expect, what, 15, 20 goals from Andrew Shaw? Dylan Strom coming off a really solid year, his first full year with the team and in the system. He is your locked and loaded number two center. He's going to be on the number one power play unit uh, for the foreseeable future. I think this team is better than a lot of people are giving it credit for. And we haven't even mentioned the fact that they added Calvin DeHaan and Oli Mata to a blue line that was really not good last year. You were playing, you had guys playing meaningful minutes that are no longer in the league. <laughs> you know, Brandon Manning was waived yesterday. Slater Cuckoo, you played a lot. And yeah, he's probably going to start the season with the team this year. But you played some really, really bad defensemen on this team for lots of games. I'm pulling up the stat sheet right here. And, you know, if you look at the defensive players, Jan Ruda, not great. Carl Dahlstrom had a nice year, but we all know he's a number seven, right? Brandon Davidson, I mentioned already, Brandon Manning. Yokoharu was here last year. There's just, you know, when you look at this team, I think it's much improved. And again, maybe you get a drop-off from Kane and Taves a little bit statistically. Kane with 110 points, Taves with 81 points. But it's also safe to assume some of these younger guys are going to jump up in points, right? I don't know. I, I think that the league might be underrating the Blackhawks a little bit. I'm not going to say they're Stanley Cup favorites or anything like that, but to write them off is comparing them to the Minnesota Wild, that seems a little bit off to me. I think they're a much better team than a Minnesota Wild, and uh, I think they're going to have a much better season than the Wild. I think the Wild might be one of the worst teams in the Western Conference. So we'll see. It's on paper. My voice is on tape. So, you know, we'll go back at the end of this year and sort of review this prediction and see. But 90 and a half points, I'm going to take the over on the Blackhawks for that. Not much over, but I'm going to take the over there. I think you're going to be a better team next season, and uh, I think significantly better. Last year, they finished with 84 points. Is it safe to assume they're three wins better than they were last year? Hell yes. Absolutely. Remember, you had Cam Ward start 30 games for you last year. He had a 3.6 goals against and a save percentage under 90. That's really bad. And if you're going to play Leonard for the same amount of, of time, that's automatically a couple more wins. Like, come on. Robin Leonard last year, 2.13 goals against and a 9.30 save percentage. For his career, goals against average of 2.70 and a save percentage of .918. So if he just has an average Robin Leonard year, this team is much better. Much better. So I think, you know, when it's all said and done, I don't think the Hawks are going to win a division. I don't think they're going to win a Stanley Cup, but I think these experts have vastly underrated the Chicago Blackhawks this season. Thanks for listening to Locked On Blackhawks. It is time to continue our previews of the Central Division. Joining me next is the Dallas Stars radio host on the ticket, theticket.com, Owen Newkirk. Follow him on Twitter at Owen Newkirk. Simple enough. And Owen, thanks for joining me. Very much appreciate it. It has been a newsy offseason for the Dallas Stars. They add Joe Pavelski. They add Corey Perry. And it's a team that, it's funny when the playoffs end, people forget 
just how close the Dallas Stars came, losing in Game 7 to the Blues, who ultimately went on to win the Cup. What do you expect from the Stars this season? Well, Jay, thanks for having me. And don't forget, it wasn't just losing in Game 7. It was losing in overtime in Game 7. In fact, it was double OT. And they had, what, a half a puck length on a wraparound by Jamie Benn of winning in that first overtime. So uh, not much away from getting to the third round of the playoffs in the conference final. I think the big thing for the Stars is that this is year two under head coach Jim Montgomery. After going through three different coaches in three consecutive seasons, they actually will have some continuity for the first time in a bit this year. And so rather than getting an entire roster used to the coaching staff, now they're just getting a few players that are different. Now, of course, as you mentioned, the offseason moves of bringing in Joe Pavelski and Corey Perry and Andre Secker are big moves. And so those are some, there are some adjustments to be made there. But that being said, it's things like that that are making this whole Stars fan base pretty excited because they have arguably the best goaltending tandem in the Western Conference and one of the best in the entire NHL. In fact, they were second only to the Islanders as far as as their goalie numbers last year, and Ben Bishop was a Vezina finalist, and there's no reason to think that that will tail off for either he or Anton Hudobin. So from our standpoint, covering the team and and, uh, watching this progression, it seems like everything is set up for this to be a very good year for the Stars. Well, you mentioned it. Ben Bishop, just an incredible season. Uh, a goals against under two. And what was the save percentage, like 93 or something just insane? He just, he had... Yeah, led the league. Yeah, an unbelievable season. And it's probably not likely that he can duplicate that. But if he's 10% worse than that, he's still probably the best goalie in the league. So yeah, in goal, they're very set. Up front, I really like what the Stars have. Obviously, we mentioned Pavelski and Perry, but Tyler Sagan's still there. Jamie Benn is still there. Alex Radulov is still there. What kind of contribution do you expect from Corey Perry this season? It's a guy who, in his last season in Anaheim, looked like a, a guy who might be out of gas. Do you think he's finding sort of a reinvention here in Dallas? Well, that's certainly the hope when they signed him. Now, of course, the Stars got some bad news on the first day of training camp when Jim Neal came down and said, Corey Perry has a fractured foot. And so we haven't seen him actually play any preseason games yet, and we just got an update uh, this past week where he'll be out at least two more weeks. It was very maybe not logical or maybe a little too hopeful to think that he a broken foot would be okay in a couple of weeks. Usually it takes at least four to six weeks for a broken bone to start to feel a semblance of normalcy. And so it'll be a couple weeks into the season, I think, before we see Corey Perry. But the the good news for the Stars is that they really have a very good group of forwards without Corey Perry. So what he brings to the table will be really a bonus. Now, we're all excited because could he be a top six player? I don't think he most likely will be on the top line if he gets back to his game. He definitely will be a second-line guy. But here's the good news about Corey Perry is that when he's healthy, even if he's playing on your fourth line and playing on one of your power play units, that's still a very effective possible player, especially with his ability around the net front. I think the hope is in signing him that he would still have the ability to play in the top six. And maybe because of the knee injury last year and he was still, when he came back still dealing with that, that he'll get his speed going more than you know what it showed at the end of last year in Anaheim. But ultimately, the big thing for the Stars was making sure 
that they replaced Matt Zuccarello, who they did not sign in free agency and, of course, went to the Minnesota Wild. Because when Zuccarello came in at the trade deadline, he helped build a real second scoring threat besides the top line of Ben Sagan and Radulov. And that was one of the Stars' biggest weaknesses was they're really a one-line team with a bunch of depth guys behind it. Rope Hintz really emerged as a really talented young player. Jason Dickinson showed that he can play in the top six, but Zuccarello was the big guy. So they didn't want to give Zuccarello a five-year contract in free agency. They wanted to sign him. I think it was three was ideal. They were willing to go to four. He ended up getting five years with Minnesota, and I think Zuccarello is a fabulous player. But at his age, Minnesota may you know, down the road regret that fifth year. The Stars got Joe Pavelski for more money, but only three years, and I think that that's a huge gain for them because obviously Pavelski is also a heck of a player. He's not as fast as a, a skater as a guy like Zuccarello, but he also has in and around the net play that very few players have. Well, and that's you know that in and around the net stuff is what it takes to win in the playoffs. The St. Louis Blues prove that, and look, teams every year prove that. Um, one interesting note about the Stars this season is they only play one divisional opponent in the first 13 games. Do you see that as a benefit? They get a chance to sort of work the rust out before they get to those, you know, the quote-unquote four-point games against divisional opponents. It's kind of a nice advantage for the Stars there. Yeah, I mean, I could spin it either way. I think that sometimes it's weird not to see your division right away because you like to get right at it. But, you know, Jay, you're right. The chance to get some momentum built, some work some chemistry out of playing your first few games, because let's face it, the emotion and the intensity of a preseason just doesn't match anything close to the regular season, let alone Stanley Cup playoff games. So to be able to you know, get going a bit before you have those real important division games, that will help. That being said, there are a lot of hockey games that you play outside of your division, and with how tight the Central is, mm-hmm you're going to have to perform very well against your non-division and non-conference opponents if you want to make the playoffs because I think that the 6th and 7th place teams in the Central are going to be very disappointed at not making the playoffs because how close they'll be, it's just going to be that much of a bloodbath with the teams above them in the standings in that division. Well, we've been doing this with every divisional guest we've had so far on Lockdown Blackhawks. What is the Dallas angle on the Blackhawks what do you expect to see from the Hawks this year with the changes they made do you see them as a threat to win the division or are they just uh is the window closed on the Blackhawks do you think I don't know if I see them as a threat to win the division but I'm also not willing to rule them out I I think they're going to be competitive they showed a little bit more later in the season after a really rough start and frankly um you know again they went through a coaching change which was a big surprise and losing Quenville and I think Jeremy Colleton will show a lot in year two or his first full season of what he wants and how he he along with Stan Bowman want to get their roster constructed Corey Crawford is was just it showed how many uh, paper cuts he was covering over with his play because he was actually pretty good when he was healthy, he just mm-hmm. wasn't healthy very much. And getting Robin Leonard won't hurt if he plays anywhere near his level with the Islanders last year. But I don't think you can count any team out of the Central. That being said, there are some that I think are going to have better years this year than others, but this division is so vicious, as I was saying earlier, I just think that if you think that anyone's going to be a cakewalk, you're going to be in real trouble. Owen Newkirk, Dallas Stars radio host, The Ticket, theticket.com. Thanks so much for joining us on Lockdown Blackhawks. Thanks for having me, Jay. My pleasure. That's going to wrap up this episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you all so much for joining me today. 
The puck drops on the Blackhawks season tomorrow. Finally, 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 the puck will drop. I will have a brand new Locked On Blackhawks podcast for you Friday morning, previewing the season. If you want to send me an email at Locked On Blackhawks, follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blackhawks. Follow me on Twitter at jzawaski 670 You can follow my Madhouse podcast there as well at Madhouse Pod. Or leave a voicemail. Doesn't have to be just for Monday. Anytime. 708-653-0572. 708-653-0572. That is my personal cell phone number. If you call that, you'll I'll answer it. No, that's not true. It's absolutely not my personal cell phone number. But I hope you fell for it. <laughs> I hope you fell for it. By the way, with the season kicking off last night, make sure you follow all the locked on NHL teams. Not every team has been filled yet, but it's about halfway. And there's some good, good people. Ian McLaren is on the Boston one. Um, Laura Saba is one of the hosts of the, of the Montreal Canadiens lockdown podcast. Uh, you know her on Twitter as the active stick, a great follow. So make sure you support all the hockey podcasts, brush up on the teams the Blackhawks will be competing against. And look, if you are a gambler, you want to know, you want to be educated on what these teams have going into the season. Listen in, do some research, find out what's going on around the league, and you'll be well-prepared and a smart, smart hockey fan. Uh, but again, want to thank you all for listening. It's been a great first week so far. We've got one more show to go on Friday. Then we'll be back Monday with a reaction from the Hawks' first game. Hopefully it's a win over the Flyers in Prague. But until Friday morning... This is Jay Zawaski signing off. Locked on Blackhawks on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day.